Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments and fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Hebrews, perhaps more than any other book in the Bible, reveals that as believers we have received a Christ that is far more than just our Savior. We've received a merciful and faithful high priest and a captain of our salvation. We'll see him unveiled in these rich and profound aspects on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program that's furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And Ed Marks is with us again today to add his portion to this marvelous, marvelous life study of Hebrews. Ed, it's a real pleasure to have you back with us. Well, Chris, it's really good to be back, especially for this program, because this will be the conclusion of Hebrews chapter 2, and we will see something marvelous in the book of Hebrews today. Before we go further, let me mention our toll-free number, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. And, of course, always when you call, we've made available the entire printed life study message given by Witness Lee. It's particularly important today because, as yesterday, we have a tape from which this message is taken that is very poor quality. During the recording of this Life Study of Hebrews series, there were a couple of messages where the primary recording system failed, and all we had to draw on uh, was a small portable laptop-type tape recorder that was a few rows back. And uh, yesterday's, we felt we just didn't have any portions that we could present. We have today selected a few very, very short ones. We do think it's understandable. You will hear some paper rustling and some coughing and things like that. We ask you to look past that. There were a few utterances that we wanted you to hear as he delivered them. The subject matter of this life study today is a marvelous one. And Ed... These are two of the most marvelous chapters, perhaps, in the entire Bible. I was visiting with Dan Toll, in fact, a few days ago, and in his consideration, he said that if he had only two chapters that he could have out of the Bible, he's not sure, but he might select these two. Ed, share with us a little bit in introduction today what we've touched on in these chapters and why they are so unique and special. Well, Chris, to answer this question, I would like to answer it in this way. Paul wrote this book of Hebrews, and what he was trying to do is to bring the Hebrew believers out of Judaism into the realities of the New Testament. So from Hebrews chapter 1 through chapter 10, what he wanted to show was the superiority of Christ to everything in Judaism. 
And he shows that Christ is superior to the angels. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to Aaron. And his new covenant is superior to the old covenant. Well, in chapters 1 and 2, what we see is the superiority of Christ to the angels. And in these two chapters, we see so many marvelous riches and aspects of Christ. He's the Son of God. That means he's the very God. He's the Son of Man. He's the very man. So he's the complete God, and he's the perfect man. Hebrews 1 and 2 also shows us that he's the creator of the entire universe. He's the upholder of all things. He upholds all things. Even he upholds us by the word of his power. And he's the heir to inherit all things. Then these chapters also show us the process he went through, how he suffered death, how he died a devil-destroying death. He destroyed Satan through his death. He released us from the slavery of death. He became the propitiation for our sins. He appeased the situation between us and God. These chapters also show us that he's the captain of our salvation. He's fighting in our being to save us day by day, to bring our whole being into his glorious expression. And then finally, and what we'll see in this broadcast, is he's our merciful and faithful high priest to do everything for us to accomplish his eternal purpose. This is just kind of an overview of these two marvelous chapters, which will be brought to a glorious conclusion in this broadcast. Once again, Ed, I need to point out that this tape is of very poor quality. Uh, we've selected a very short portion here in the beginning. We believe it's understandable, and we're going to see in it our merciful and faithful high priest. Here's Witness Lee. I do believe this book of Hebrews was solely under the divine inspiration. This wonderful one had the Son of God, and as it revealed that the Son of Man eventually is the merciful and faithful high praise. Now, this high praise is the Son of God and God Himself. The second point is that this high praise is the Son of Man. Two points. Merciful corresponds with the point of man. As he has lived on this earth and has passed through all the human suffering. So he is fully qualified to be merciful to us. To be merciful is one thing, but to be faithful is another thing. We all know to be faithful not only needs your virtue, but also your ability. Suppose I have spoken something to you as a promise. Well, my virtue is good, but I just don't have the ability to keep my word. This high praise is not just an honest man, but he is also the faithful God, the Almighty God, Amen. He is the Son of God, 
and God Himself. So is able to defend. Ed, verse 17 at the end of chapter 2 declares Christ to be a merciful and faithful high priest. This surely is a marvelous description of Christ. Ed, what have we seen that qualifies him to bear such a title? Well, these two adjectives are very marvelous. He is merciful and he is faithful. And these relate to his two natures. He's a man who has humanity and he's a God who has divinity. He's a man with humanity, and he is the very God with divinity. As a man, he can be merciful to us. You know, thank the Lord that this wonderful God-man who lives in us is merciful. He sympathizes with our situation. He passed through so many human sufferings, and so we can enjoy him as the merciful one. He's also faithful. Because he is the very God, he has the ability to do everything in us that he's promised. He's not just man, but he is the very God. So he is the faithful one in us to do everything in us to bring us into glory. Now, uh, I would just like to say this to our listeners, just to apply this. You know, we need to experience him in this way every day. We need his new mercies every morning. We need to open up to him to receive his fresh new mercies dispensed into us. Then we need to open up our being to him so that he can accomplish in us what he wants to accomplish every day. So I would just say this, you know, in Philippians 2.13, it says God operates in us both the willing and the working for his good pleasure. If God is going to operate in us as a merciful and faithful high priest, what we need to do every day is to open our entire being up to him. Even right now, we can pray, Lord, I like to open my entire being to you without reservation. I want to receive you. I want to be filled with you. And Lord, I want you to be everything to me, and I want you to do everything in me, through me, and for me to accomplish your intention. Be everything to me as this merciful and faithful high priest so I can be one with you to carry out your purpose. Ed, to have this merciful and faithful high priest operating in us, the condition that you described to open our whole being, if we do nothing else but just open our being to him, this is really a key for this operation to take place, isn't it? Yes, it, it is a key. We need to open him and allow him to fill us with his merciful and faithful being. Ed, as a man, he is full of mercy. And as God, he is fully able and capable of being our faithful high priest. We have another very brief section of tape with Witness Lee. Once again, we apologize for the quality, but we do think you'll be able to understand it. All Christians hold the concept that a priest is one that serves God. But not many Christians do know that a priest ultimately is to minister God to people. To serve God, in a sense, is secondary. To minister God to men is primary. Christ as the high priest the main point is not that he serves God, 
the main point is that he ministers God to us. I tell you, this is God's praise. God's praise is to minister God himself into it. Now, by ministering God to people, eventually what God will get will be his expression. Christ, as a high praise, ministers God into his believers. And eventually, among his believers, there is the expression of God. What is the glory of God in the Bible? That is God's expression. Amen. God is expressed. And how could God be expressed? By Christ as the high priest ministering God to you all the time. Amen. Ed, in the definition of a priest that we just received, many may have been surprised to hear that the real function of a priest, beyond serving God, is to minister God into man. This may sound quite curious, Ed, to many people listening. What is it to minister God into someone? Well, Chris, this is an excellent question. And, and I would say this firstly. Our career as real priests of God is to minister God into people. Firstly, we need to open to the Lord every day, open our whole being to him so that he can minister himself into us. Why does he minister himself into us? So that we can be one with him to go to others to minister God into them. Now, what does it mean for us to minister God into people? Well, I would like to read a verse from Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. Uh, in this verse, the Lord says this. He says, Who then is the faithful and prudent slave whom the master has set over his household to give them food at the appointed time? Blessed is that slave whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Well, I'd like to underline these words in this verse. Give them food. We need to be the faithful slaves, the faithful priests in God's house to give the Lord's children food. This is to minister God into people. What does it mean to give them food? This is to minister God as spiritual food into people, to minister the word of God into people, to supply God's people with the spiritual food that they need. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2, Paul tells the Corinthians, he says, I fed you with milk. He wanted to feed them with solid food, but they were only able to receive milk. But what this shows is that Paul fed people. He ministered God as life into people. Now, if we're going to do this, what should we do? Well, I would just like to mention a verse. It's 1 John 5, 16. This verse says that if we see our brother sinning a certain sin, we should ask for this brother. Then we should go to him and give him life. Well, this is our career. When, we, when we're burdened for certain people to minister God into them, we need to pray for them. We need to ask. Then we need to go to them and be one with the life-giving God to dispense God as life into them. It's this dispensing of God as life into them that really builds up the body of Christ. This is what it means to minister God into people. 
Ed, that is a uh, concept, it's a view that does not come naturally to our mentality. We really need to hear this again and again to have our mind renewed. We have one more very short portion of Witness Lee's sharing, and once again, the quality is not that good, but we really wanted to bring this final point to our listeners as it was uttered by Witness Lee in 1975. Now, we all have to realize... This is the way that the Lord Jesus is the captain of salvation to bring us into glory by being a high priest ministering God to us all the time. We sinners will be transfused into what? Into praise. Not mainly serving God, but mainly ministering God to us. To bring another into God's expression. Amen. Amen. And eventually, all the ones who got our ministry will be, what? Infused with God. And they will again come back to God to get more infusion, more transfusion. And this is the way He's leading us into glory. By being the captain. Ed, this word today has just been tremendous. It's really a shame that this tape was of such a poor quality. This is really one of the outstanding life studies in the entire series. There's so much more in this message that we would love to have brought our listeners. But what a view we have now from just these two chapters at the beginning of Hebrews. Our merciful and faithful high priest is ministering God into us. And that ministry then equips us to become priests able to minister God into others. Would you comment on the connection that was made in this context, the captain of salvation leading us into glory? Yes, what, what we've just heard shows us how Christ, as the captain of salvation, leads us into glory. How does he do this? He does this by ministering God into our being. Now, when God has ministered into us with all of his riches, and when we're filled with all his riches, then we become his expression. And this is what glory is. Glory is the very expression of God. Now, how does God do this? Number one, Christ ministers God into us. He ministers God into us so that we can minister God into others. This is a cycle. God gets ministered into us. We minister God into others. And then they minister God into others. And it's in this way that God's people are filled with his riches to become his expression. Now, I would just like to say something very practical to our listeners, and this is from Luke chapter 11. Uh, in this chapter, the disciples ask the Lord how they should pray, and then he tells them how to pray. And then he tells them a parable about this man who a person comes to him at midnight, and he doesn't have any food to set before this man. So this man goes to his neighbor's house, knocks on his door, and he says, friend, lend me three loaves. And because of his persistence in asking, the friend gives him the three loaves. And then the Lord goes on to say, he says, if your child would ask you for a fish, would you give him a snake? Or if he asked you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Then he says this, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, if we're going to minister God into others, every day we need to ask the Lord, 
Lord, give me the Spirit. Fill me with the Spirit so that I could dispense you as the Spirit into others. Well, you have to pray yourself into God. For what reason? So that you can get those loaves and feed people with. And so there's three loaves. That's the divine trinity. You get the riches. You pray yourself into God. You receive the riches so that you could feed those under your care. That's to minister God into them. The way that we can minister the Spirit into others is we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with God as the Spirit and then minister God as the Spirit into others. Well, the Spirit in this in this story that the Lord tells is signified by the loaves, the fish, and the egg. The loaves are the riches of the land. The fish is the riches of the sea. And the egg is the riches of the air. These are the unsearchable riches of Christ embodied in the Spirit, whom we're filled with so that we can minister these riches into those under our care. This is why every day we need to have God ministered into us with his riches so that we can minister God with his riches into others. This is what leads us into God's glorious expression, thus fulfilling God's purpose in his economy. Ed, that is a marvelous picture, and I appreciated very much how you connected it to the parables in Luke 11. It's very difficult to give someone something that you don't have. So for us to be able to minister God to others really means we must possess God ourselves. Thank you for your fellowship. I believe a classic life study today, Ed, from the book of Hebrews. We have a letter that we would like to read. Actually, we're not going to read the entire letter. It was quite lengthy. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have lived 49 years without having a real understanding of God's purpose for me or in me. I was raised in a Pentecostal family with a heavy emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. However, I never really understood how God was truly connected to us. The teaching that Witness Lee gave us on the grafted life made my heart sing and my mind rejoice with understanding of God's dispensation for and towards us. The concept of God looking at the world and seeing vessels in his image and likeness in which he loved. He looked past the cosmos to the vessels of his heart's desire created for his purpose according to his will in Genesis 1.26. This teaching in Romans was a very lovely revelation worthy of a God whose mercy and grace purposed a man to reclaim the vessels of his desire Christ was cut in order that we, the objects of his desire, might be grafted into his divine life. He took on our human life and made a way to receive us, the objects of his heart's desire. By the killing power of the divine life, the grafted branch, which is us, will be conformed as the vine. I've written you for about one year now. I'm still incarcerated in the federal penitentiary. However, I've grown spiritually in the divine life of Christ Jesus throughout this entire ten years of my incarceration. My God and Savior has truly kept me in His hand. I look forward to daily feeding on His Word as it is dispensed in me according to His dispensation. Well, that letter, I think, surely speaks for itself. And we realize this ministry has the capacity to touch seeking Christians, seeking people in this kind of way. 
It takes us beyond the surface and into the depths of the riches of the Word of God. These are not shallow teachings, we realize. Many of the concepts are new, and they're not always easy to get. In addition to that, we have the poor quality tapes. And further, we have the accent of Witness Lee. All of this might lead us to think that it's really not worth it to take the approach that we have. But we continually receive input and feedback like this. We really hope that you'll write us today or call us. We have operators here that answer the phones live throughout the day and often till late in the night. And they would love to talk to you and to hear your comments and process your requests for material. Living Stream Ministry is a vast resource, and it's impossible for us to tell you on the radio day to day all of the things that are available, but we'd love to answer your questions and send along the resources that you might find the most helpful. Once again, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, and our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. We hope you'll be back with us for Ed Marks. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org slash ePublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.